When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Last year's most wealthiest defense just got a little bit richer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Steelers. I'm your Steel Curtain Network host, Daniel J. And today we're talking about the defense and how, you know, although more money is being allocated towards that side of the ball, it's not really a bad thing. We're going to talk about Alex Highsmith's extension, of course, and all the other players that are on the defense who have a, a hefty price tag and how, you know, Looking at the distribution of money without looking at the context of, um, you know, the offensive stars and starters and, and skilled players and where they're coming from and, you know, them being in their rookie contract, how looking at it from the certain angles may be a little bit deceiving. <clears throat> uh, but before we get started, I want to remind you guys that on Monday, myself, Shannon White, we're going to be on the hangover. We're going to be debating the all-time question, right? You know, who's the uh, all-time Pittsburgh Steelers, um, you know, best quarterback? Big Ben Roethlisberger, Terry Bradshaw. You don't want to miss it. Check it out on YouTube at Steel Curtain Network. Uh, we go live at 5 p.m. Eastern. You'll be able to see our mugs, the whole nine yards, get to interact with us in the live chat. So make sure if you're not subscribed already, go check it out and subscribe. So, July 26th, the Pittsburgh Steelers rookies and veterans show up to St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania for training camp. And that defense just got a little bit more wealthy. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers have extended uh, Alex Highsmith on a $68 million four-year extension. This makes, uh, like I said before, this increases... um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that makes them one of the more the highest paid defenses again. So when it comes to the averages and salary per year, the Steelers outside linebacker TJ Watt is the second most expensive defensive player in the NFL with 28 million annual salary, uh, only trailing um, Aaron Donald of the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, behind TJ Watt is Mika Fitzpatrick with 18.3 average per year, Cam Hayward with 16.4. And now Alex Highsmith with 14. This will give the Pittsburgh Steelers four players making $14 million or more on defense. So when you compare that to the offensive side, Deontay Johnson is the only player to be making that much on offense. And so it is very much 
um, top-sided as far as the, um, or one-sided when it comes to the financial side of things and towards the defense. Now, Alex Highsmith, he's a younger guy. He's only 25 years old. Um, he's going into his final four-year, you know, final year of his four-year uh, rookie deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was uh, selected third round um, in 2020, and he's continued to improve, in my opinion. I mean, when you look at everything across the board from, um, you know, snaps each year, you know, he went from um, you know, his first year only having 459 uh, defensive snaps. Now, obviously, and of course, it was because he was going back and forth with Bud Dupree and uh, Bud ended up being the guy that I think that was the starter. Alex Highsmith was more of that rotational piece, but he ended up getting, you know, like comparatively so about half of the snaps that uh, he got in his last two seasons as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. In 2021, he jumped up to 910 snaps. Uh, 2022, 941. Now, one thing I do love about getting this job or getting this deal done now is the fact that um, there's no hold in. There's no threat of small, you know, uh, nagging wear and tear injuries due to being in a hold in and not being in physical shape by the time that the football season starts. You know, we, we can all remember Alex, I'm um, sorry about that. TJ Watts, you know, uh, year that he ended up getting his NFL breaking, um, you know, deal, right. He ended up having 22 and a half sacks, but he probably could have had more that year if it wasn't for the fact that he had an agony growing injury uh, throughout that season. Um, and a lot of it had to do with um, the fact that where it was speculated that he missed out on training camp because of this, you know, because of the fact that, you know, the contract wasn't done. Now we saw last season when he came with Deontay Johnson and that contract being done, Right around the time that, um, you know, training camp was starting up, I think it was about a week or so into it. It wasn't until the end. It wasn't until the, you know, after preseason. It was in the beginning of training camp. And, you know, I think that that's, you know, something that we can, that's kind of like, you know, maybe Omar Khan's MO here, you know, whereas Kevin Colbert used to wait until basically almost the flight to the first you know, game. And I say that because <laughs> for the last, what, X amount of years, the Steelers have been traveling. They've been the uh, uh, the away team. So, you know, it's been almost to the point where they're about to get on the tarmac before there's something signing contract. And leading up to that point, we've had some of, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers stars, you know, do either hold in, hold out, you know, whatever the case may be. So I like the aggressiveness of Omar Khan and how he is, going out there and getting this taken taken care of now. You know, Alex Highsmith gets paid today is better than, you know, for instance, somebody else who's also looking for a contract that around this time getting paid maybe a little bit more or this amount, thus elevating Alex Highsmith's paycheck. Now, 14, 14 million a year is it's it's pretty high. Um, you know, he, I believe he is being paid as a top 10 edge rusher in the NFL. And, you know, <laughs> if we look at his Madden, Madden ratings, <laughs> I think he was 32, you know, which I don't put any, any sort of like weight into um, relying on Madden ratings, FYI. But, you know, he was number 32 there. Um, he's not 
perceived throughout the NFL outside of maybe perhaps the Pittsburgh Steelers as being a top 10 outside linebacker. But I think the Pittsburgh Steelers perceive him as being a top 10 and perceive him as going to be a top 10 outside linebacker, especially when you have, for instance, the likes of TJ Watt on the opposite side. Cam Hayward, uh, you know, lining up next to him. Larry Ogunjobi also on the inside. You know, Keanu Benson is a guy that he's got the intangibles. He can be the nose tackle. He can be the um, the big run stuffer in the middle. And perhaps, you know, he does have the athleticism to be able to pressure the quarterback as well. So this front group right here, this defensive front, is going to be the backbone of this defense. We've spoken about this all offseason. At the Pittsburgh Steelers have a lot of new players in the middle linebacker position and a lot of new players in the defensive backs uh, position. And and those that are returning, it's just Minka as far as uh, Minka and Levi Wallace as far as starters that were, la- uh, that were a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers last season. And Levi Wallace wasn't a starter going into last season. It was an open competition as to who was going to be, you know, the um, those cornerbacks last season. Opposite of um, Cam Sutton, and even even Cam wasn't guaranteed a a starting position last year going into training camp. I believe Akilah Weatherspoon was probably the only guy that had a possible guaranteed spot on the team, and he ended up being the worst of the bunch, uh, being played full of injuries and never really seen the field. And when he did, didn't look very good, and so he was not the flash that you know we were seeing last season and when i say flash i'm not talking about the superhero i'm talking about last you know the year prior he, he flashed a little bit you know he had some interceptions and some big moments when he did get an opportunity to get on the field it was a little bit frustrating early on when he was you know traded in that he wasn't you know he wasn't playing on the field and then it wasn't until some injuries came in and he got an opportunity and so you know last season well everybody was excited about him everybody's excited to see him you know, come in and um, perhaps, you know, be that guy, replace Joe Hayden, take that step. And it just didn't work out the way everybody was hoping it would. But like I said before, you have a whole lot of new players in the middle linebacker position, a whole lot of new players in the defensive back position. This upfront group is going to have to be the backbone and they're going to have to, you know, hold the ship, so to speak, until everybody else gets, you know, prepared, right? You know, there's going to be some growing pains. Now, I think you have a a great combination of rookies or young youth. I'm sorry. You have a great combination of youth and veterans on this team. It's just that I think there's a lot of new pieces. And so it just could take some time for those new pieces to figure each other out and work well together. And I think that that, that, well, fortunately for us, the Pittsburgh, you know, the, the NFL season is a 17-game season, so it's pretty long. You know, the bye week is is week six, right after the uh, Baltimore Ravens, which usually I would have thought, you know, me personally, that that was a little bit early. But you always want, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Baltimore Ravens is always a physical matchup. It always is, and so there, you know, there could have this benefit. It could have a benefit of having it after that game, plus. You know, it's just after a quarter of the season down, this team should be coming together and really starting to, you know, have no excuse at that point and be a true football team and what we should expect to see for the entire season, you know, once the bye week comes around, in my opinion. But leading up to that part, you know, I expect 
you know, the opposition, you know, the office, the offenses that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be playing to try to attack the uh, inside linebacker position and maybe even vertically down the field, just because of the fact that there are so many new players in, in, in a lot of different positions. Now, the middle linebacker position, in my opinion, is probably the one with the biggest question mark, just because, you know, Holcomb, he was, he, he's played well. He's played well. He's started capable when he's healthy. The problem is last season, he wasn't very healthy, right? They've brought him in. He's kind of worked his way a little bit, you know, worked his way up. But at the same time, you know, um, we haven't seen him put it out on tape for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, started capable. Uh, I'm not sure where his ceiling is. I don't think it's going to be superstar or all pro or any of those things. So to me, in my opinion, I don't, you know, me and Shannon go back and forth about this, but he, he thinks that he might be better than, than I give him credit for, so to speak. And, and, and rightfully so he, he could be, I, I want to see how he bounces back after the injury. And I also want to see how he, um, how he plays in the black and gold. I mean, we've gone down this road before with the Pittsburgh Steelers and them going out and getting a, uh, outside linebacker or an inside linebacker, I'm sorry, that has flashed against the Pittsburgh Steelers that we have seen come up big, you know, in the Joe Schobert and a Miles Jack, and it just not work out. And mainly because especially with Miles Jack's uh, situation was due to injury. And so now we go out and get another inside linebacker that you know, had some injury issues last season. So it's, it's, it didn't work out last time. It wasn't a formula for success. Hopefully, you know, you know, Holcomb and Miles Jack are two different players. Miles Jack going into his, you know, into the NFL, it was reported, you know, his medical history came out. And one of the reasons why he he dropped in the draft, he was, you know, going in probably a first round pro projection. But because of his medical status, you know, his knee, I believe it was his knee, it was had some kind of degenerative issue. It wasn't going to equate to a very long career. And. Um, you know, teams shied away from that. Well, we saw that last year, you know, and although his injury, I don't think had to do with his, with his knee. I think it had more to do with, he had some, had a pretty severe growing injury. Um, but it's just kind of, you know, those red flags that you see early on in his career where, you know, the professionals were saying, Hey, you might want to keep an eye on, on the injuries. And, you know, as, we get into the later end of his career, these injuries are starting to pop up. So, you know, hopefully it's a different story. Hopefully, you know, Holcomb can come back from his injury and um, be a player that he was prior to. I mean, I'm actually quite surprised that the Steelers took, you know, a jump or a risk on somebody with injury, given the fact that, you know, Devin Bush also had a very significant knee injury who, you know, we all saw that he just wasn't the same guy. And not just on the field, but off the field, um, to our knowledge, or to my knowledge, at least. You know, it just didn't seem like he had the heart there. And I don't think that was ever a question for him. You know, he was the guy that um, went out there and tore up a football field uh, from one of his opponents um, pre-game, you know, and, you know, tore it up. And yeah, he, was, he was a, a bad boy image type of guy, attitude, physicality. And, you know, he gets into the league and he's – portraying that until he's got a significant knee injury and he's just not the same coming back. So, you know, I would have thought the Pittsburgh Steelers maybe would have gone a different direction, but then again, you have, you know, some success stories here. You know, you got Larry Ogunjobi, who was also a guy that, 
had a big major deal with the Chicago Bears, but his physical ends up falling apart, finds his finds himself on the Pittsburgh Steelers on a one year uh, prove it deal and you know is injured throughout the entire year. And he really is, but while he is on the field is a presence and now we get to really see what he can do um as a healthy member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's a guy that the Steelers extended earlier this year, also creating more wealth, so to speak, uh, for this defensive uh, team and the defensive side. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about why it's okay to have all this money on this side. And we're going to talk about, you know, the offense and why they don't need so much money, so to speak. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these words. Hey, check it out. You made it back to the other side. Thanks for sticking it out through those words from our sponsors. That's how we pay the bills and are able to put out this great content for you guys. But before we get back into the conversation, I want to remind you guys that we have now officially gone to steelcurtainnetwork.com. You know, if you're looking for articles that you used to be able to get or, or can't, could get from behind Steel Curtain from your favorite, you know, um, editors and and um, and writers, you can now find all of that at behind at I'm sorry at steelcurtainnetwork.com. Uh, go check it out. In fact, Shannon White has an article coming out on Tuesday referencing our conversation that we're going to have on Monday and what we've been doing on Monday on the hangover. I talked about it a little bit on the top of the show that we're going to be talking about Ben versus Terry. But last week we talked about Rod Woodson versus Mel Blunt. If you haven't gone back and checked that out, go check it out. It was, I thought a very great conversation, um, mainly a little bit one-sided given the fact that I never got the opportunity to watch Mel Blunt play personally. I did get the chance to see a Rod Woodson play, uh, and, and be a fan of his uh, growing up, but didn't have the opportunity to watch Mel Blunt play live. I've seen a lot of his highlights and and um, some of his play that made him, you know, the Hall of Fame player and and uh, game-changing player that he was, you know, rules-changing player that he was. So go check out all that. Also, while you're at it, you know, if you're checking this out on the audio side, as far as the hangover, uh, I know you're checking this out, stay on the Steelers on the audio side because it doesn't come out on YouTube. But make sure you go back and you check out, you know, um, Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman. You have uh, Brian Anthony Davis with Bad Language, Dave Schofield and Stacky uh, Bets Off, or Jeremy Betts comes out with Andrew Wilbar. Uh, a bunch of stuff, guys. You, you don't want to miss it. Make sure you go check it out on the audio side. So. We're talking about the extension of Alex Highsmith. And in reality, we're talking about how the allocation of finances to the um, to the defense isn't really a bad thing, especially right now. You know, this is a, a team that everybody knows the saying, you know, defenses win championships. And I, I, I truly believe that that's still true in today's NFL. I know that there's been a push more towards dynamic offenses and scoring and, and things like that, but and it wasn't too long ago where you had a uh, a Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl who offensive line couldn't block for him, 
and a defense that was getting after him and end up having an upset against them. So, you know, defenses still do win championships, in my opinion. You need a good one. And the Steelers need to be able, you know, you don't have to score 30 some odd points if the opposition don't either. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, keeping the team, the opposite team down and also your best defense is keeping them off the field, too. So the Steelers offense is going to be a huge help. And a reason why a lot of the money hasn't gone to the offense is because in those key positions where you would expect a lot of the finances, quarterback, uh, receiver, um, you know, left tackle. Uh, those are all positions that are um, basically taken up by either rookies or in the wide receiver position group. You got Deontay Johnson, who isn't a wide receiver one, isn't getting paid as a wide receiver one. Now, he is capable of being a wide receiver one, in my opinion. He hasn't shown it yet, right? I think this is going to be a big year for Deontay Johnson. I think he's going to end up having a breakout year. You know, his ability to get open – and to um, be that desirable to a quarterback to throw to him uh, is going to be there. Now, I know that he has a, a bit of a drops issues when it comes down to very important situations. You know, when you look at the statistics when it comes to Deontay Johnson, it doesn't show that he has a drop issue. But yet everybody who watches him feels like they do. And I think that the reason is because those drops come at the most inopportune moments. They're on third downs in the third or fourth quarter. You know, they're in those moments where uh, had he caught the ball, it's a, it's a first down, it's a touchdown. It's a game changing situation. It's a, you know, a seal of a deal. You know, the Steelers don't have to, you know, take it down to the last minute and, and win with 10 seconds left on the clock because they took care of business earlier. It's those type of situations where Deontay Johnson sometimes just doesn't show up and or, you know, towards the end of the season when it starts to get colder. I've noticed that as well. But if he can clear those things up and he can be that guy that can uh, be dependable to a Kenny Pickett, I, I think he can have a breakout year. And like, as I mentioned before, he's the only guy on the offense who's making over $14 million a year. And so, you know, you're looking at your quarterback, he's on a rookie deal, and he's going to be on that rookie deal for the next couple of years. Your running back, the running back is also on a rookie deal, Najee Harris. However, you know, the running back position isn't going to be one that's going to be throwing a lot of money to uh, anytime soon. And given Najee's age, by the time he ends up, you know, being eligible for that second contract and things of that nature, in my opinion, it's, you know, I understand his frustration of probably his paycheck, but, you know, the best advice that I possibly could think of giving Najee Harris is, you know, financial security uh, for his financial security would be to try to make money outside of the NFL and use his celebrity status to help build a platform to do so. You know, Juju was able to do something like that. And I know I mean, perhaps maybe not the TikTok or, or, or things of that nature, but, you know, online, um, you know, being a, co a content creator of some kind, like for instance, Cam Hayward, he has his podcast that he's able to do. Patrick Peterson has his podcast that he's able to do as well, maintaining professionalism and, and being a professional football player, they're able to do this on the side and nobody questions any of those guys' work ethic or work ability. And so maybe perhaps something like that, get a podcast going or and get some commercials, get some, uh, 
sponsorships, things like that, because unfortunately the NFL is just not going to pay running backs what they're due like they did in the, in, in the years past. It's just not going to happen. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a tight end in Pat Firemuth, who is probably the top 10 t- a tight end, maybe even a little bit higher than that. Um, you know, biggest question mark when it comes to Pat is health, you know, the concussions are a big thing, but I think that if he can, have a healthy year this year. You know, he had a scary knee situation last year at the end against Cleveland. Um, ended up not being anything serious. But if he can go in and have a big year and be healthy, more importantly, I think that he can start to attract maybe perhaps those contract negotiations at the end of this year versus waiting to the end of his rookie contract next year. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to what he can do. You know, dra- the the addition of uh, Darnell Washington to the team uh, is, in my opinion, going to help him out. You know, it's going to it's going to allow him to have, uh, in my opinion, more favorable matchups. I think that Darnell Washington is going to be a matchup, uh, a miss, a nightmare. It's going to be a matchup nightmare, and um, you know, teams are going to have to account for him. They're going to have to double him up, and I think that's going to benefit the Pat Firemuth when they go into a twelve personnel, which has a two tight end set. You know, I think that, you know, the next star, you know, going into the pass catching guys, I think the next star is probably George Pickens, which he was a rookie last year. And so, you know, you have these rookies there, right? Your left tackle right now is Dan Moore, which is, you know, a position that you would expect to require quite a bit of money. I mean, if you want to keep your quarterback up, you know, the highest paid player in your team, usually, when they're not on the rookie contract is usually the quarterback. You want to, you know, protect that asset. You, you get a hefty, good, you know, left tackle. Those guys demand quite a bit of money. Uh, You got Dan Moore now, but all, you know, all arrows are pointing to that. His successor probably sooner than later is going to be a Broderick Jones. who's just a rookie now. So, you know, I understand when you look at things from a hundred feet away and you see the balance, all right, and all the money going towards the defense, not so much in the offense, which the Steelers did, did get in the um, off season. They did um, address by, by um, well, one in free agency, they ended up going out and, and signing a Nate Herbig and Isaac Samalu, who's going to be a starter, and Allen Robinson, who, in my opinion, that, that wasn't a free agency, that was a trade, but in my opinion, is going to be a Jericho Cotri type of player on this team, especially in that wide receiver group where there's a bunch of, you know, youth there. And and the only veteran there is, is or was, um, you know, a, a Deontay Johnson. And he's not that guy that's going to get in, you know, vocal or anything like that, unless you're Mitch Trubisky at halftime of the New York Jets game. He's not going to get in anybody's face and rah, rah, rah. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, the Steelers did address a little bit in free agency and did address some money there. But notably, this has been a defensive off uh, offseason. You know, draft class, the Steelers ended up drafting uh, three offensive players to four defensive players, Joy Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig and Corey tries to uh, Broderick Jones, Darnell Washington and, and Spencer Anderson, you know, in free agency, you know, steers go out there and get a Nate Herbig and an Isaac Sayamalu. They trade for a will uh, an Allen Robinson. So there's three players that are acquired or, or, or additions when it comes to the uh, 
the offensive side and on defense, the additions are uh, Marcus Golden, Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, uh, Patrick Peterson, Keanu Neal. And so um, definitely this has been the, uh, the off season for the defense and um, they've been addressed. And, and, and another reason why is because the offense has been addressed in years past. It definitely does appear that the Pittsburgh Steelers are addressing the offensive needs, you know, with draft and building and developing their offense while they are at one point have done that with the defense and now are still trying to maintain that level um, with a combination of draft picks and free agents. But they've done so well at drafting some of these players. I mean, you, you look at TJ Watt, you look at Alex Highsmith, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick was a trade. So, um, you know, some look at him as a 2019 first round pick, but you know, not necessarily, but he was a trade, but he was there young early enough in his career um, that he, you can kind of say he's been developed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And those are the guys that are attracting that paycheck. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers also developed a guy like a Cam Sutton and a Terrell Edmonds who went out there and found money elsewhere, more Cam Sutton than Terrell Edmonds, uh, but they are still able to do so. So that tells you that this team is good at doing that and that they're practicing that now in the offense, now that Ben Roethlisberger is no longer the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback and, and the keys to the Ferrari, so to speak, have been given to Kenny Pickett. So for me, at least, I don't think it's a bad thing. In fact, I think the Steelers need to spend a little bit more money on the defensive side, maybe perhaps bringing in a slot cornerback. I think the slot cornerback position is still a big, huge concern. Uh, I think that the strong safety position and the middle linebacker position are still positions that need to be addressed. I'm just not sure if they need to be addressed this season. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are are content with what they have and in both of those rooms. You know, I think that they're going to be uh, content with a Keanu Neal and a um, a, a Demonte Casey. You know, going back and forth, filling in um, uh, Terrell Edmonds and what he was able to do by committee, so to speak, and. Um, you know, I think the middle linebacker position is a bridge gap, but I think that they're content with what they have today. And I think that, you know, they're going to end up addressing those two positions in the future. Um, and so, but this year, I still think that the Steelers might have a hole there at the uh, slot uh, cornerback position and maybe perhaps still in the inside linebacker and bring in somebody from depth. But I don't think they're going to bring in anybody that's going to, uh, end up being a long-term solution for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think this defense is going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I think we're going to have, we're going to see a lot of blitzing early on just to kind of, um, you know, cover up some of the uh, weaknesses from the middle linebacker group and the secondary as they grow and build com camaraderie and chemistry and become a more collective unit and a stronger unit. I think that the, the defense could end up being the stronger unit of the two, but I think early on we're going to look at a stronger offense than defense and I think the strongest room on defense is going to be the up, you know, the up front group guys. I'm excited about it. You know, I think this team is going to have the capability and the ability to put up 50 plus sacks again. I mean, there's a good chance that they can be able to do that with just the front guys, you know, just maybe three guys, you know, Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi right there. You throw those three, those four guys that could easily be 50 sacks on the season. Easy, easy. As long as they stay healthy. And I think this offense is going to be able to control the ball and give them that opportunity to not be on the field as much as they were in the last couple of years, which really did riddle this defense with injuries. 
Uh, it's been kind of the Achilles heel for this defense for the last couple of years as they've done some really good things, but because they're on the field for so long due to the offense being so stagnant, and I'm going back to Ben Roethlisberger's last year um, as a member of the Steelers, it just ended up with injuries. And so I think this year could be the a really good balance there. And I'm for one looking forward to the Pittsburgh Steelers report to camp in just a few more days. And we'll be here to cover it. So if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, make sure you download. Hit the download button. Hit the save button. Hit the follow button. Hit the subscribe button. You know what to do. But that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, I'll see you guys on Monday on The Hangover. With that being said, I'm Daniel. This is State of the Steelers and Steel Care Network. Peace. Mm-hmm.